Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, also the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And before we get started today, I just first want to say thank you to the U.S. Small Business Association, or the SBA, as a lot of people know it as. Uh, they obviously stepped up and were part of the whole PPP thing that happened with a lot of companies during COVID. Uh, but they also awarded us this year with the 2020 South Carolina Exporter of the Year Award. So thank you very much to those guys. I, I know they're doing some big presentations virtual this year and everything, but it's just great to be a part of the uh, the SBA and be recognized. They do a lot of good work for us here at Diesel Laptops. We're happy to support them and everything they do. So with that said, today we're going to be dwelling a little bit more into the other side of the world. Not so much the maintenance side, a little bit. So, But I have today with me Amanda Schuer. She is the Senior Vice President at Quality Transport Company. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, congrats on your award. That's awesome. Good yeah. work. Yeah, oh, you know, I, you know, we don't even. It, it's funny. We got like this this trophy case that we keep putting these things in, and I, I know it sounds like bragging, but like, I gotta like get a second trophy case now because people can try give nice. us these awards. So we'll, we'll take them as we get nice. them, right? Nice. Absolutely. That's awesome. Happy to hear that. Yeah. Good job. So let's talk a little bit. First of all, let's give a little background here. Quality Transport Company. Who are you guys? What do you do? What kind of freight do you haul? Where are you located? Give a little little background here. Sure. So we are in Freeport, Illinois, home of the pretzels. Go pretzels. <laughs> uh, so so Freeport, Illinois used to have a pretzel factory actually in the town. And so their mascot is the pretzels. And I just love it. Um, so there's like pretzel pride signs all over. It's just <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we're a small drive-in carrier, um, drive-in freight, a lot of food grade product. Um, been in business since the 90s. And right now we're holding strong around 20 trucks. Yeah, so you're not one of these huge mega fleets out there. And it's funny, I just I just built this for our sales team here. We wanted a database of all the fleets that exist in the country and be able to put them on a map and figure out which ones have 10 to 20 trucks, which ones have more than 500, so we can do targeting for marketing. And it's amazing once you get past like the first couple hundred, how it goes from like, this guy's got 5,000, 7,000, whatever. And it, it, it drops quick to people under 100 trucks. And really when you look it's at the up. numbers, yeah, it's, it's amazing how many hundreds of thousands of trucking companies exist that are they're right around the same size as you guys are. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I think there's a statistic out there and I don't want to misquote this statistic, but it's something like 98% of trucking companies are under a certain number and you're going to have to Google it now and, and figure it out. But yeah. it's a crazy statistic. It, it so. is. It is. And there, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of them that just have one truck when I was going through the database looking at it. So it's it's really companies like yours that are really the backbone driving all these things. I know the JB Hunts and the Warner, those guys get all the, you know, the news articles and all that stuff. But it's really everybody else that's home, the majority of the freight around the country. So what what is your role there? Your senior vice president, what falls under under the Amanda umbrella? 
Under the Amanda umbrella, you know, honestly, every single day it's different. So I um, am pretty involved in most every function of the company. So safety, sales, HR, driver recruiting, uh, dispatching, pretty much everything. Whereas, you know, because we're a smaller company, we have a small office staff. And so I pretty much am involved with mostly everything um, except for the shop. Although sometimes I take road breakdown calls on the weekend too, or at night, or whenever our drivers need us, um, you know, so I kind of am, uh, my hands are involved in many different things. And and that's actually part of the reason I took this role is because before this, I was at another carrier doing solely driver recruiting. And I think I reached the point in my career where I wanted to be more involved with, you know, trucking operations on a daily basis. And so that's how I wound up um, here at Quality. So how did you even get in the trucking industry, right? Because this is a really male-dominated industry. You don't typically see a lot of females. We see more and more coming into them, especially on the diesel technician side. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about TMC in a moment because that's really where I met you and everything. But how did you even get into this industry to begin with? Like, where, where did that come from? Yeah, so I was actually talking to Jay from Find a Wrench, and he didn't know this either. And and. Most people don't, but my grandfather owned a Mac dealership up in Pennsylvania. And so I like have a picture of me sitting on a Mac truck. Like I, I remember seeing the trucks as a little kid, but it was certainly not my goal or like my dream or my desire to go into trucking. And so I I went to college, got a degree in journalism and Spanish, and then I was actually laid off from a meeting planning agency job um, in Kansas City, and I was on monster.com, and there was a marketing position at a truck dealership here in Kansas City, and I applied and got the job, and I started the job, and it was just, it felt like home. Like, I I know that's corny, like, so corny. Um, but it just felt it just felt like the right place. And it, you know, I think what it was was the people were down to earth. There was a new challenge every single day. And it just seemed like, you know, kind of what I like to do. So that was in, don't want to make myself sound older than I am, <laughs> but that was almost 15 years ago. Um, and every job that I've had since then, I've I've stayed in the industry on purpose. And so I've had um lots of different parts like sales marketing roles um i got most involved in tmc when i was a what we call a blue badge or an associate a vendor and i was selling to a lot of uh, maintenance managers and so that's when i became most active in tmc and then i switched over to the carrier side in 2015. so let's break down tmc for everybody because i think a lot of people listening are probably like tmc who is that and it's right. really a big organization that does a lot of good for our industry. So you can kind of give like a high level overview of who, who TMC is and, and what they do. It is not the flatbed carrier in Des Moines, although they're <laughs> awesome. They're awesome too. But TMC is Technology Maintenance Council, which is a sub council of the American Trucking Association. And so we are a group of industry suppliers, uh, fleet maintenance managers, professional diesel technicians, student technicians, and we really look at maintenance issues in the industry. 
And our goal as an organization is to create recommended practices that are used basically throughout the industry. They are um, recommended maintenance practices and then recommended engineering practices. So we have a lot of folks from, you know, truck OEs, from suppliers, um, a lot of maintenance directors, company presidents, et cetera. And so we do a lot of advocacy and, and industry, you know, I guess, advocacy items for the industry. And then also, like I said, just building those RPs, as we call that, you know, shop technicians use on the floor, hopefully every single day. Yeah. So I never understood, you know, it was funny. So we sell diagnostic tools and in every diagnostic tool, it says, hey, what RP1210 adapter do you have? And we just were like, oh, RP1210, what's that? Whatever. That's the terminology. And it wasn't until I got involved with TMC that I learned RP1210 means recommended practice 1210. And and that's like a standard that was created by TMC to solve an industry problem. And I had no idea how how in-depth it got. So I know you're involved on some of those those committees. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ones you've been involved in or are involved in and, and kind of what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah, so right now my role in TMC is I am actually the study group chairperson of S5, which is fleet maintenance management. So within TMC, there are, I think, 13, don't quote me on that, 13 study groups that are basically permanent fixtures within TMC. Um, Some of them are more technical than mine in nature. So, you know, if you get down into the engine study group, obviously it's a lot more technical. But all of those study groups basically create recommended practices in their various areas. So in S5 right now, um, we're working on key performance indicators for fleet maintenance managers. So guys who run shops, you know, what are some of their KPIs that they can use, you know, for their techs, um, output input times, that kind of stuff. We're also working on cybersecurity right now, which is just a huge issue in the industry. Um, You know, what happens if your vehicle gets hacked? Um, you know, things like that. And then we have a couple other ones, hiring military veterans um, in the shop environment. You know, one thing I've noticed because of my background in driver recruiting, there's a lot of resources in place for hiring drivers who are military or who have military experience, but I don't see it as much in the shop floor. And I think that's critical. So those are some of the things we're working on S5 right now. Yeah. So, you know, at Diesel Laptops, some of our members are, you know, more in that, I think it's group 12, but they do with the diagnostics and the ports and and all that stuff. And it's really awkward for me because, you know, all the people that are there, I'm competing against them every single day. And then we go to these meetings and they're, you know, I'm like, man, I I got an attorney letter from one of your guys a couple months ago, right? Now we're in a meeting together talking about stuff. So it's, it's a little bit different, I guess, with suppliers on some of this stuff. But you have a lot of big companies that are involved with TMC. So I know you said you're about 20 carriers, but there's some real big players involved in this whole thing, is there not? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. You know, um, I actually have a phone call with the chair of S12 immediately after this, and and our our study groups work together um, on quite a few different projects. So one of the things we're digging into is electronic DVIR, you know, how we can use those properly and, you know, standards in the industry and some of that. But yes, there are a lot of carriers involved in TMC. Everybody from um, one of our previous chairmen was an owner operator, had one truck himself, um, all the way up to some of the, the biggie biggies, you know. And so I think one of the things that's great to your point about about the organization is 
it's it's well known kind of that it's a non-sales organization and we're only going to get better as an industry if we all participate and give our thoughts and and feedback and you know to kind of collectively make an impact on on the industry and i think that is something that's really unique about tmc as an organization yeah and i feel bad personally because i go to these meetings well i, I really just go mainly to the expo every year right because it's a big it's a big expo yeah. and in, and for people that have been to an expo this isn't really something generally the outside public comes into it's usually people that are involved in tmc or at this thing for the most part and it's not like a heavily trafficked show compared to like a, a, a Mid-America truck show or Con Ag or one of those big ones. But the people that are there are all people that really care about the industry and really trying to better their companies. So it's a really high quality, high quality show. And then they do that one in the kind of in the early part of the year, March, April. And then they do the other side of it on um, usually a technician still challenges, right? And that normally comes yes. up right about this time of year with the skills competition. But I, I believe they're doing it a little bit different this year with due to COVID. So have you been to the skills challenge yet? I, I've never even been I there. I, I, I've never, what? I've never even been there because I wasn't even involved in TMC. We were involved just to do the expo, but then we started bringing on software engineers. And one of our guys is Ken DeGrant. He's been, he's been a, yeah. a councilman. He's been there forever. He's got the Silver Spark Plug Award and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep, I know Ken. Yep. yep. So yep. you know Ken when he came to work for us, he's like, oh, we need to be involved in these. I'm like, okay, whatever. So, but now he's other employees of our company have been starting to go to more of the meetings and get more involved and in, in doing those things. Uh, it's just a little bit different yeah. coming in, not understanding what that was and how it works. So I, so I've never seen the skills competition. You have to go. I'm putting you on the spot right now, right. but no. And the reason I say that is because uh, SuperTech is how I fell in love with TMC as an organization. So. A lot of people know the name Daryl Hicks and a lot of people don't. He's unfortunately passed away now, but he was the ultimate champion of TMC and he would travel on his own once he was retired to get more people involved in TMC and get people involved in super tech. So back in 2009, again, dating myself back in 2009, um, I was working at a Freightliner dealer and Daryl comes knocking on our door and was like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called super tech? And we're like, no, we haven't. He's like, well, I want your state to create a super tech competition. And, and I said, okay, why not? So I actually attended super tech that fall and um, just learned a lot about what a super tech competition is all about. And then I did actually bring it back to the state of Nebraska after that. And then the year after that, I went and created the Missouri super tech competition as well. And so um, super tech is really how I got involved with TMC. And it is just, it's the coolest thing. I mean, it is it is really, really cool. So, so I, I need you to go. Well, do, do me a favor. Walk everyone through, because you mentioned there's the state thing, then there's a national thing. How, how does that work for people that are in yeah. super tech? Where, where do they start and how does it how do they move up through that sure. thing? Sure. So it is open to any professional diesel technician. And actually, there is a student competition as well now. So you can, um, the goal is to have state competitions in every single state. We're not there yet. But if you win a state competition, then you basically automatically advance around. So, but any professional diesel technician can sign up. Um, their company can sponsor them. You know, sometimes with students, we have a company sponsor their apprentice student, something like that. And then they attend the, the national event. And, you know, somewhere between, 
oh, I want to say maybe 120 to 160 competitors, depending on the year. And it is a tough competition. Um, It's meant to be tough. So it's not necessarily things that a tech would do every single day on the floor, but it encourages them to be better and train better and train harder. And it's super competitive and it's it's just totally awesome. And it, it's great because again, there's a lot of focus on the drivers and, and, you know, we do a driving championship and that's awesome too, but this is for the techs and it's great that we can recognize our techs. Well, and as I understand it, the technicians that win, I know there's like first, second and third and some other placements, they win some pretty big prizes. It's not just like, here's a trophy. They actually get some real legit gifts yeah. from a lot of the suppliers. Can you talk about kind of what they get, the winners of that thing? Yeah, the first place winner, I think even it's it's something like $10,000 in total award package. They get a trip to um, Daytona 500 or, or um, Indianapolis 500, something, a big racy, <laughs> a big race trip. <laughs> but it's a big deal. I know, sorry. I don't, I'm not the world's best NASCAR me, fan. Me but, and you um, both on that one. I know. So, but anyway, so race, yay. So race. And then um, some really cool um, things for the shop. They get a new toolbox. You know, it, it's just, it's really cool. And, and they go all out. So um, this year, unfortunately, with what's going on, they actually canceled the competition. And I think that's the first uh, year, first competition in like 15 years that we haven't had an event, which is, it's really a bummer. Um, but TMC as an organization is doing a professional diesel technician appreciation week to kind of make up for some of that as well. So we want to, you know, focus on the techs and, and put some spotlight on them because we can't, you know, have the meeting in person. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming all the study group meetings and everything are going to be virtual this year for TMC. And, and how are they going to handle yes. the, the, tra- the big trade shows in March? How are they? Is that still on or where is that one at? Yeah. So two questions there. So the first is yes, next week we are virtual, uh, which is, is going to be interesting for all of us. And, you know, I think in my study group personally, we've done a lot of preparation. So I think we're as ready as we can be and, you know, we're just going to go with it um, and and see what happens. So uh, I'm excited. You know, I, TMC is such a good meeting for me personally in terms of, you know, seeing like my trucking friends really. And so I'm a little sad that we're not in person, but I certainly understand why, um, you know, and, and some of that. So I think the networking is going to be a little bit different because we are virtual, but we'll figure it out. Um, and then as of now, we are planning full speed ahead for, for our meeting in March in Orlando. Um, I think, you know, it will, it'll be a modified meeting and I don't have any specific details or anything like that. Um, no official word, but I think, um, you know, I actually just went to the Arkansas Trucking Association event and that was the first event I've been to. And they did a really great job of, you know, kind of keeping things socially distanced, um, tables that were normally holding eight people. They had four chairs, you know, already spaced out, um, food was covered. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think a lot of us want that, you know, and we want it safely. Um, but I think, you know, to, to continue as an, an industry, you know, we have to think outside the box. And so I think, you know, hopefully we get back to meetings and events because I think they're so important. Yeah, I, I totally agree, too. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I've appreciated us not having as much travel expense and trade show expense this year. That That's helped us. <laughs> but I, I do miss traveling and getting out there. And it's hard to network through Zoom meetings and through phone calls and just just talk to yes. people. 
And I, same thing, I was just at the uh, Be Pro, Be Proud event in South Carolina here where they actually have a truck they completely rigged out and got a bunch of sponsorship money to have like driver simulators and technician stations. Yes. It really, really cool yeah. stuff they did. And I know they had that, um, I think it was Arkansas had their truck at the TMC event last year to, for people to walk through and everything. So I ho- hopefully other states see that. But same thing, it was safe. I mean, they, you know, you wore masks when you were in the trailer. It was in a, kind of, they, they kind of had us in a covered outdoorish area. So there was plenty of airflow going through there. And sure. they had chairs all spaced out six from feet, uh, six feet from each other. So there is a way to do things safely and, and instead of not doing them at all. And um, it's, it's good to see things keep adapting and changing. So on that note, I'd love to hear kind of how you guys handle the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, people see the news and trucks lined yeah. up for miles at toilet paper manufacturers trying to trying to get loads out and trucking trucking it, rates were great and then they fell off a cliff and then they've they've come back again. Like what walk us through what happened when COVID happened. How did how did it go for you guys? It's so funny that you mentioned that because that is like literally the exact scenario that happened to me. So Um, I traveled to the TMC meeting and then I traveled directly down to Florida for the TCA meeting. And then I got back from TCA and like the world blew up. I mean, I, I I don't even know how else to say it. I know that's dramatic, but I I actually had a driver in line in California um, waiting to unload at a Costco distribution center. And he said that he had never in his 15 years of driving seen anything like it. And he was backed up. I think it was like 75 miles to get into this DC. And like we pulled him out um, because we didn't, you know, he's going to run out of hours. We didn't have a plan. But that was like the first inkling that I had that things were going to get pretty serious here. And, you know, we kind of needed to get a plan together. So one of the first things we did obviously was secure PPE for all of our drivers. Um, we did actually like a in-cab mask pack, um, wipes, hand sanitizer, everything that they needed to keep with them. Because pretty quickly after that, a lot of our customers required our drivers to have masks on when they're making deliveries. So that became critically important that we supply our drivers with everything that you know they need to be safe. And then from there, it was just a lot of, you know, constant operations changes. And um, also during that time, then we threw in some of the protests and, you know, we had drivers in situations that they were, we had one in particular, you know, he was downtown St. Louis um, and he said he didn't feel safe. So we pulled him out. And, And so I think there's been a lot of operational decisions that we've had to make that, We've never really been in this situation before. Um, and, and so I think one of the most important things I think that, that we did was communicate as best we could with our drivers. And so I started doing like YouTube video updates for our drivers, which I think they got sick of really quick. <laughs> but, but at least they're like, I felt like I needed to connect with them, if, yeah. if that makes sense. And, and so I started doing some of those um, we were almost doing daily updates at, at a portion during it just so they knew what was going on because things were, you know, continuously changing. So um, you're right. The freight was bonkers for a little bit and then we just bottomed out. Yeah. And for us, a lot of our local drivers, you know, were affected in our manufacturing plants. We have a lot of customers that had plants shut down, thing like, things like that. So we made a commitment to not lay off any of our employees. 
And so far we've stuck to that. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, you know, we've had to adjust some hours. We've had to do some things like that staggered, you know, working, but we haven't laid anybody off and, and, you know, we're making it through and freight right now for us is bonkers um, in a good way. I mean, we're, we're completely at capacity and we have freight coming out of our, um, whatever eyeballs, ears. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but now I just need to hire drivers. And, and so then we're at the point where driver hiring right now is the most competitive it's been in years. I mean, just years. And, and so it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting, what seesaw uh, wave, any whatever the freight waves, guys. You know, they're inverted V or whatever. Um, <laughs> we're definitely, we're definitely in there. So yeah, same thing we saw here as a business owner. You know, I, I've talked to us in a couple episodes. You never expect your business to go to zero overnight, right? It's like, oh, I took years to build up, but it would take years to go down. And then COVID happened, and all of a sudden, you know, sales dropped 35 percent, like the snap of a finger, and you're kind of like, oh boy, how, how low is this going to go? And similar story, all of a sudden in July and August, we're having record sales months. And I, you know, I, I never would saw that coming. I didn't see COVID coming and I didn't see record sales months happening, you know, March and April, May. It's just amazing how quickly the tide turned. And you mentioned the freight wave guys. And I guess a question I have for you is the technology side. I see a lot of articles where billions are getting dumped into automatic load matching and digital load boards and ELDs and software. seems like there's a startup software company everywhere in the trucking space. Have you guys grabbed some of that stuff or parts of it? Or where are you at as a, as a you know, kind of a, a mid-range trucking company? Heck yeah, I have. Um, so one of the things we have done, you know, because, um, you know, we were awarded some of the PPP money, which allowed us to kind of you know, keep our wages consistent for our employees. Um, I actually have spent a lot of my time upgrading our technology. So we did install a brand new ELD system. I am actually involved with a startup right now and, and we're doing, I guess I shouldn't call them a startup. They're a couple years in, but um, we are working with some load planning software and optimizing our routes and, you know, really focusing on uh, dwell time at certain customers and stuff like that. And I think, you know, a small carrier is never going to be a big carrier, but the more of those tools that I have access to, the more it makes me feel like operationally I can compete, right? And and like, I can, I can be like them, you know, when I grow up or, you know, something like <laughs> yeah. that. But um, I've spent a ton of time personally, you know, switching over our dispatching software and I guess really upgrading our technology. And, and I think that's one of the good things that's come out of this for us. Um, we've been able to really refocus a lot of our efforts operationally and, and make some big improvements, which is cool. I never would have said, you know, I never would have thought at the beginning of the year given or, you know, I never would have really predicted the pandemic, but I never would have thought that it would have put us, um, you know, this far ahead tech technologically, <laughs> technology wise. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think a lot of other companies your size that are that are hauling freight are doing the same thing, looking at all that new technology? Or do you think a lot of them are just kind of old school, do it the way we've always done it? And, and that's the way it is. Is, it, is this a, an adapt and adapt or die situation that, that trucking companies have to figure out? Or how do you view that? I think it could be. Um, you know, I think one of the themes at the TCA meeting I attended is that a lot of us are exploring these new technologies. But that, but then the issue too is, 
if we're getting all this data and we're we're learning all these things that we didn't know, how do we, you know, parse that down into something that that we can use? So, you know, now on our ELDs, we're getting um, fault codes and maintenance issues off our trucks for the first time. And, you know, it's like, this is great, but now what do we do with it? And And I think so I think a lot of companies are, you know, especially smaller companies are trying to figure that out too. Like, like what is the data that they need um, and how is it gonna help them improve their business? I think a lot of us are, are struggling with that, but I think we do have to adopt new technologies to, to continue to compete and, and get ahead and, and survive, honestly. At yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I talked to a lot of people and sometimes too much data is not a good thing. Too many dashboards and too many text alerts and too many emails isn't helping this situation. You need the the actionable stuff. So to your example, you made, hey, we're getting fault code notifications now. And what does that mean? And what do we do? And it's funny you mentioned because that's the exact thing we're trying to solve. So what we'll be coming out with shortly <laughs> is, hey, you have this fault code. You know, here's how serious it is. And by the way, here's the parts you need to buy in order to fix that fault code so it goes away. So we're trying to go from fault code to part yeah. number instantly without ever having to go through a bunch of processes to figure those things out. And there's a lot of companies out there. Another one that did an episode with us is Uptake. They have a technology where they actually monitor your data stream for you. And then they tell you before you even have a fault code that you got a problem coming up. So it's really cool to see yes. everyone trying to solve these problems and make the repair and the, the whole process much, much simpler and easier for everybody because, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are all competing against the same loads. It's who manages their fleet the best and it costs and expenses and, and does those things. Thank you very much for coming on the show. If someone wants to get a hold of you or get a hold of TMC, what's the best way to do that? Uh, find me on LinkedIn for sure. I'm there. I'm an active LinkedIner. Um, to join TMC to get more information, head to tmc.trucking.org. Awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on. It's always great to learn what everyone's doing on out there in the world, uh, especially what your company's doing. Great to see you guys made it through the whole pandemic thing. And not only that, but it sounds like you're going to thrive coming out of it, which I think a lot of people are learning. There's a lot of silver linings in this whole thing. So with that awesome. said, again, thank you everyone for watching. If you're on YouTube, listening here, this is, I think, Amanda's first time being on YouTube on a podcast show. So I'm sure she's excited about that. And we'll see you again next time. And remember, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. Thank you.